Hey y'all, um, this is Ken Harrison. I want to welcome y'all to this course on masculinity. That's going to be primarily taught to pastors for James Davis group. It's also going to be shown on the Waterstone channel on pray.com and on the Promise Keepers app. Just understand this is mostly to pastors, so it may be a little bit higher level. Um, the book we're going to use is my book, Rise and Servant Kings, what the Bible says about being a man. Um, you will not have to read the book to get out of the course, though, you know, the book has a lot of stories, especially from my days as a Los Angeles police officer to illustrate different points. I'm not going to tell those stories here. I'll maybe reference them. And so it, it'll be helpful if you have the book, but you don't have to have the book. And we're going to go chapter by chapter about the different um, issues. Also, this is on masculinity. It is for pastors to get certified. Um, you don't have to be a man to watch it. I mean, I, I know a lot of women will watch this course. This is essentially about how to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, which is all I'm really interested in from a male point of view, because masculinity is something men are designed to behave a certain way and to see things a certain way as women are designed to see things a certain way. So we know that, for instance, as we, how we perceive sex, uh, a woman would perceive sex much differently than a man would. Um, when you take the fact that a woman for many sexual act could end up with a life altering event called pregnancy and a child forever. Whereas a man in the natural um, can have sex and, and leave and have no consequences. And so clearly then how we perceive sex would be different. So similarly, masculinity and femininity are both God created parts of human nature. And we're going to talk about being a disciple of Jesus Christ from a male point of view. But uh, I think uh, anybody would get a lot out of this. I think, how do we, start is let's define what masculinity means god created mankind in his image he created man from the dust he created woman from man but then all men after that come from woman through birth and so all of humankind is interrelated based on creation mankind is created in god's image male and female he created them so masculinity is the representation of God's image from the male. Femininity is a representation also of God from the female. And so there is a natural part that men are supposed to behave and perceive things called masculinity, just like femininity would be for women. One of the building blocks of creation, um, it is one of the three building blocks of creation that Satan wants to get a hold of. And so God said, he created male and female male and female will come together in marriage and become one flesh. And as a result of marriage, they will be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So we have now seen Satan's attack on humankind in the God's image through that. So we see that the first thing we saw was abortion. And we saw that abortion has increased throughout the last hundred years to the point now where it's an epidemic. And um, that is the, going after the third part of creation, the multiplying and filling the earth. Now we've seen in 2001, the first time in the history of the world, we had a gay marriage in the Netherlands. Now it's taken over the Western world. So second, going after male and female coming together as one flesh. And then lastly, now we see an attack on gender. Does gender really matter? Is gender fluid? Are you non-binary? All of those things are an attack on the image of God. And so understanding what masculinity is, what it means, what God's expectations are in RS, as sons and daughters, but now specifically as sons, which is different than his, his, his uh, relation to us as daughters. What does that mean? So that 
we can adequately understand God because when we understand that man and woman together, feminine, masculine, are representation of the image of God, now we can understand who God is and what a relationship is to him. We've seen a lot of attacks coming on that fact. So let's make sure that we're very clear. As we move on, I know you start to get a course like this and because of our culture, the poison that's come from our culture, lots of people rush to uh, judgments, conclusions that maybe aren't accurate. So let's try to get some of those out of the way right now. Every human being, male or female, is equal in God's eyes. When the Lord said that there is neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, slave nor free man, he was talking about the fact that everyone is equal in his eyes as far as getting an inheritance from Christ. They're all equal, equal in God's eyes, no matter what our position. But that does not mean we're the same. So our culture has said in order to be equal, you have to be the same. That is not true because certainly people are born with different advantages and disadvantages. God loves them the same. They're equal in his eyes, but they have different responsibilities. And men have different responsibilities than women. We talked about one of the differences is women can create life in their bodies, which gives them a certain perspective. Men can't create life in their bodies, which gives them a certain perspective. Women have a much bigger burden from sexual intercourse and the results of it than do men. This is why we have to have laws that protect women from men, from rape, from different responsibilities. All those things would affect how we see the world. And so let's understand through God's eyes what that is. So we realize now that the foundation of the creation, male and female, that is the foundation of creation. Anything other than male and female is an apostasy. It is absolute attack on the image of God. It is a heresy. Ma marriage is the foundation of all of society, family, male and female, a man and a woman coming together as one flesh for perpetuity outside of our sinful nature. And then three, to procreate. God says in Malachi chapter three, I'm jealous for godly offspring. That's why God hates divorce because he wants to see man, woman, married, teaching his foundation to his children. What is f masculinity not? I think because of really we see significant differences in generations now about perception i'm 56 years old if i say to someone act like a man anybody in my generation would know exactly what i mean by that somebody who's a lot younger may not know what i mean by that because they have a different perception and so let's make sure we're clear what masculinity is not masculinity has nothing to do with your body type what we value in culture has changed and does change in its fluids because it's the world and it's the world going in the lives of Satan. And so they're not always clear what is not just masculinity, femininity, but all kinds of different issues, how we see racism, how we see unity, how we see, how we deal with differences. So we, we want to make sure that we're clear. What does the Bible say? All truth comes from God's word, period. If God's word says it, it's true. If it doesn't say it, we, we don't know the whether it's true or not. If something uh, goes against God's word, it is untrue. So what we want to do is unpack all that. Masculinity has nothing to do with your body type. Culture says we value tall, muscular, deep voice, handsome, all those things. That has nothing to do with masculinity. We're going to get into exactly and specifically throughout this, what does masculinity do and how does a man who loves Jesus Christ, who's abandoned to God's will, express himself in, throughout this purpose. But it has nothing to do with being tall or macho or any of those things. Um, 
there are certain traits that are masculine and certain sins that tend to be masculine and certain that are feminine. For instance, um, if you saw a man get so angry that he punched a hole in the wall, you would think, well, that guy needs help. He's got a bad temper. If you saw a woman get so angry, she punched in a hole in the wall, your reaction would be much different because there's something about losing your temper to that extent. It's gross with both people, but it would be way worse for the woman. Like, wow, that's really crazy. Same with um, vanity. If you look at vanity, it's the other way around. If you saw a woman primping herself in the mirror for two or three minutes, that would seem normal. If you saw a man doing it, it would be contemptuous. You know, like when you go to the gym and, and you see some guy in his, in his tank top staring at himself in the mirror and is finally flexing his muscles. There's something about that that just makes us all chuckle because it's a feminine trait. It's a, it's a feminine sin of, of vanity. Whereas losing your temper, obviously both sides can do them, but we, we, we naturally in, inside ourselves see that a vain woman, you know, women look at themselves in the mirror for all you ladies out there, you know, you go to the mirror in the public bathroom and, and you see a woman flitting with her hair and her makeup, that would just be normal. In a man's bathroom, you'd never see that. If a man looks at himself for more than two seconds, you start looking at him a little strange, right? We all get, there's these basic differences. So we can see that there's a twisting of masculinity and femininity done by Satan. Now, one of the things we're going to cover a lot in this course is Jesus Christ says over and over to the overcomer, I will give him permission to reign with me. We see that a lot in Revelation 2 and 3 in his letters to the churches. We see in the last words, words of Revelation, Behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to each person according to what he has done. We see Paul saying, run the race to win. Win what? Fight like a soldier to win the battle. Win what battle? Well, the battle that we see is a battle of overcoming the world. So the world is constantly shifting and changing because it's under the influence of Satan who rules this world changing truth satan wants to do one thing which is to get you and i off truth and the current battle that we see is on this issue so you know the generations before us we see an overexertion of ma of macho-ness we see misogyny pushing women down and all those things and you can see them all in the old movies and everything else now we see the opposite we see a feminism growing everywhere you look and an attack on masculinity i would argue that femininity was getting attacked long before masculinity. And Satan doesn't care. He doesn't hate men any more than he hates women. He hates people who are the image of God. He hates the fact that we are creating God's image. So the world is constantly moving and changing. When men are screwed up, it's women and children who suffer. When we see this current age of sexual perversion and lust, it is women and children who, who suffer the loss in that and right now we're seeing it come to a nexus because men are not protecting their families the way they should in many cases because they feel shame over who they are and what they are because it's really hard when you spent three hours looking at pornography to then come out and talk to your child um, with a with a true look on your face about sexual purity and because you have shame and so now we see um, schools talking to kids young kids you know, girls sit on there, maybe they're really boys, and now they want to secretly give them drugs that will permanently alter them and, or even surgeries. And you ask, where are the men? Where is the father going down there and saying, how dare you speak such a way to my, my child? Where are they? We see women standing up right now. Where are the men? I think it's because we've become so swallowed up in the lies of this world that we don't know what's clear. So everything we do in this course moving forward will be based on God's word. You're not interested in my opinion. 
I'm not particularly interested in my opinion. I'm interested in what God's word says. People tend to respond to God's word differently. There are people like me, if it says it, that's it. There's no argument. Then there's other people who tend to have struggle. And, and I would just say right now, you know, the Bible says that a human being's life is like a vapor. It's like a blade of grass that springs up in the morning and has withered in by the noonday sun. Meaning our lives are so short in the, in the scope of, of eternity that it's almost as if it didn't matter. In a life that short, there's no way that I accumulated enough wisdom to argue with the living God, our creator. And so we want to look at what does he say about masculinity? What does he say our mission on this earth is? Why is this so important? Well, there are 127 suicides per day in the United States of America. 80% of those are middle-aged men. 80% are middle-aged men. And we're, we're lectured a lot about, be careful how you talk about homosexual issues or gender issues because it might cause someone to commit suicide. It's very dangerous to, to teach them the truth. Well, no one seems to have any problem putting down middle-aged men and they are by far the proponents of suicides. Why? Because men have lost who they are and why they're here. So as we go in through this course, this is all gonna be about being a disciple of Jesus Christ from a masculine point of view and our entire interest is what does the Bible say? Not those, not what does Ken Harrison say? Not what does culture say? Not what's my opinion say, but what is God's word? The eternal word of the living God who created all things. What does he have to say about what masculinity is? So I think you're gonna really enjoy this. We're gonna have some great stories to tell. We're gonna get into some detail. We're going to have some talk that might make you a little uncomfortable because I'm gonna talk like a man to men. Even though I know some women may be watching this, we're gonna have a candid conversation about what does it take to be a man? And I think you're gonna look, you're gonna really enjoy this ride. And thank you for joining me on it.